What's up, Dunwoody? My name is Matt Weber. I'm the Dunwoody Realtor Dude. Nobody cares about real estate needs until they're ready to move. And only 10 to 15% of you are moving this year. But all of you know somebody who is looking to buy or sell this year. So please pass my name along to your buddy who's thinking about moving. I'd love to help him out. Brett Friedman from Village Orthodontics is our sponsor. He is changing smiles all over Dunwoody. Justin Dyke is my co-host. He is founder of PoolDues.com and does a lot of work behind the computer. I think that's why he identifies with Adam Friedman's story. Adam came on the show way back on episode 52, and he talked about his Dunwoody PC service business where he helps local residents with their computer needs. He also owns the local Soho office and has helped us out a lot with our printing needs in the past. Since we spoke to him last November, his life has changed a lot. In uh, February, Adam had major heart surgery, so we had him back on the show to talk about his journey over the last few months. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. All right, we're back with Adam Friedman. And I do mean we're back because we've had you on the show before. One of our rare um, return guests, actually, right? In such a short period of time, yeah. You yeah. should feel special. It will, uh, and we almost didn't get you back at all. Well, I'm desperate for attention. Was that a death joke? Almost didn't have you back at all? Is yeah. That... That's the... Okay, all right. Well, let's, I guess let... that leads us in. Yeah, that's a good lead-in. So what is that in reference to? Well, back in uh, February, I spent a little time at uh, Emory St. Joe's. Had a little heart surgery, had some uh, plumbing replumbed uh, that I didn't know about until the day before. And you got the t-shirt to prove it now. Yeah, rewind us all the way back. So so you just went in for what? A normal, like, kind of... Well, so basically uh, what happened was uh, I come from a family of, uh, of uh, heart patients. And back a couple of years ago, I was uh, thinking, you know, I hadn't seen the doctor in a while, so I'm going to go to... Uh, I'm going to go find a uh, PCP doc, uh, just a regular doc that has cardiac uh, experience based on my family history. So I uh, posted on Nextdoor, which most people do when they're looking for a good solutions provider. Good place to start painting, heart surgery, or Absolutely. heart, whatever, yeah, check Absolutely. Uh, so I, uh, I posted, I said, hey, I'm looking for a regular doc who knows, has cardiac experience. So in case, you know, family history, might as well go for that. So that was about a year and a half ago because I was, uh, you know, I'm getting to the age. I'm 48 now. That was, I was 46 back then. And uh, one of my neighbors, who I don't think I had ever met, is actually a cardiac uh, nurse uh, in the ICU at St. Joe's. And she said, my husband sees this particular doc. I love him. Uh, he loves him. And uh, there's my recommendation. And I thought, wow, that's a great recommendation for a PCP type doc. So I waited a year and a half because I'm a guy and, you know, I didn't have any issues that I thought were that important at that time. Yeah, you weren't feeling bad, right? I wasn't. I was just feeling old. Yeah, okay. Or older. And so I um, went to, uh, I finally made an appointment in February of this year because I was actually starting to have a symptom. I was having a symptom where I, was sh I had shortness of breath. And I thought, shortness of breath? Ah, I'm 48. You know, I'm getting old. I don't work out. You know, I'm a computer guy. You know, that's uh, basically uh, what I thought. Uh, also had uh, a little bit of a uh, of a chest pain, but it wasn't really a chest pain. It was like a dull pain on top of one of my uh, pec muscles. And I thought, my pectoral muscle, and I thought, ah, you know, somebody asked me to carry a heavy laser printer out their front door and to the trash, and I probably just pulled a muscle and I just keep reaggravating re it. And then I had, you know, uh, the third symptom I had was indigestion. And I thought, well, you know, I'm always rushing between appointments and I just, you know, ate really quick. Uh, you're looking at me like you've had all these symptoms. I'm just wondering if... Uh, well, two if or I three. Touched, touched <laughs> on a nerve there. So, uh, so I had, you know, like indigestion. So I, I finally decided to go see this uh, primary care guy back in February. And, we, you know, my wife and I are both consultants 
And so we self-pay our insurance. And so the last thing we think about is going to a regular doctor. We think about going to an urgent care, like we can tell you about Dr. Lockernini all day long, when you have bronchitis or something else and you have to have, you know, something uh, acute to be taken care of. But going to a regular doc, eh, why? You know, I now have respect for going to a regular doc once a year. So I, I make an appointment with this doctor. I go and see him, and he, he goes, okay, let's take this test, this test. Let's get a cholesterol baseline just so that we know where you are and, you know, you have family history and stuff. He goes, I'm probably going to recommend that you see a cardiologist anyway. Um, so um, let's let's see what we got. So a couple days later, he left me a message, and I saved the message, and I'll play it for you after the uh, – I'll play it for you after our uh, – It's little, We'll post it to it's, the website. It's, it's really funny, actually. He goes – uh, Adam, I got your uh, your blood work back, and uh, everything was fantastic. Everything looked great, except your cholesterol. It was horrible. He goes, your cholesterol is 288. Ooh. Your LDL is 215. He goes, we can't even use a ratio. He goes, you're going to be on statins the rest of your life, so get used to it. And I'm going to uh, refer you to a cardiologist. So... Um, we the next step was we started on I got started on my Crestor and so my cholesterol hopefully will be lower now. So this is February first where I where I went to the primary care. February fourteenth or fifteenth I go to the cardiologist. Ironically, it would have been Valentine's Day, and you know nothing says more about your heart than going to a cardiologist on Valentine's Day. So I go to the cardiologist, and he gives me a nuclear stress test. Have you guys ever had a nuclear stress test? Never time? even heard of it. Okay, so there's two types of well, there's probably more types of stress tests, but the ones that you hear pe- people talk about are regular stress tests where they basically stick on a treadmill, and they start at a particular speed and a particular uh, angle. And then every couple of minutes, they raise the speed and raise the angle, and they're trying to basically get your heart rate up, and then they can they can see how well you react with your blood pressure and stuff like that to that. A nuclear stress test is where I think they think you're going to die if they give you a regular stress test. (laughs) (laughs) And so they inject you with a radioactive uh, iodine or uh, isotope or whatever they call it. Sounds Uh, healthy. (laughs) And uh, for eight minutes, they do kind of, so it's kind of a a lesser thing. But what they do is before and after, after they inject you, they um, and you do the little exercise, they put you on a machine that, that basically tracks the blood flow in your heart. And they have you hooked up to a monitor too. So I do the test for eight minutes. I don't die, but I'm, I've already had shortness of breath. And I'm like, you know, this isn't good. And I'm, they're not testing to see how well you breathe. So that's, that's the, the thing about it. And this is all cardiac related. So they, um, normally when you're done, you, you, you know, you, you uh, go back, put your, put your clothes back on and or put whatever's on, leave and have a nice day. Well, that was fun. Bye. Yes, bye. <laughs> this one, I actually went and met the cardiologist. He goes, he goes, a couple things. One is, you failed your stress test. And I said, okay. I said, why? He goes, it doesn't look like you have proper blood flow in the apex of your heart, which is, and with the heart, the apex is the bottom of your heart, not the top. And then he goes, you, uh, he goes, it looks like that you have, uh, and you failed your EKG or ECG or whatever they call it. He goes, your, your rhythm is completely abnormal. It's the ST depression, which is part of the rhythm, he said, was abnormal. And he said, listen, we can, uh, we can fiddle fart with a bunch of other non-invasive tests, which include, I think there's a, it's one's called a calcium CT and some other tests. And he goes, or we just send you, he goes, we skip all that because it's probably going to be inconclusive. We send you over to the Northside uh, Hospital, uh, it's called the cath lab, where they basically stick a tube uh, in either your groin or your wrist, send it up to your heart. The wrist, the wrist. Yeah, it's like, please choose the wrist. Um, And uh, well, and actually the wrist, it's a smaller tube, so only some cardiologists like to use it. Um, Yeah, because there's no tube on your wrist. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So uh, they can... uh, 
<laughs> they can uh, take them to the hard. It takes about an hour, and if they what, if they find any blockages, then they can um, basically um, fix it. They put this little device in called a, a stent that basically is about the size of like a, a pen cap uh, in length, and it's it's basically keeps the the artery open so blood can pass through. And uh, I was like, okay, fine, whatever. I guess I'll I'll sign up for that. And so on February 25th, we're still in February. I go to the Northside Cath Lab with my wife, and they hit you up with this thing called Versed, which is like it's like you may remember what's going on, you may not, but it's not it's not heavy duty. I mean, it's it's heavy duty enough where you're calm while this person is sticking a tube in your body. Uh, and we, uh, I went in. Wait, did they go through the wrist? Or they, they went through the wrist. Oh, okay, right. oh, I'm sorry, I left out a, an important <laughs> uh, important uh, part of that. No, they, this particular uh, cardiologist went through the wrist. Um, and about 15 minutes later, I don't know, because you know time is a little bit uh, spotty at this, he pulls out, he goes, you're going to need surgery. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so I get wheeled back to my wife. and Let, let and, me get out my calendar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. It's like, okay, do I need surgery? You know, when you're used to getting stuff surgically done, you're like, okay, I guess I'll have to call the, call the doctor, call the hospital, call around, find out what I'm supposed to do. You know, and, and again, get on what next do you door and ask for who's a good heart <laughs> where surgeon. Do I, where do I go for? Who would you recommend for a forty-eight-year-old guy having forty-eight-year-old guy having heart surgery? Um, but you don't think about it in terms of right away. It's such a shock. You're like, are you talking about like heart surgery, like open heart surgery? Like you don't understand what surgery means. Surgery to him means we're going to crack you open and work on your heart. So he goes. He basically said, no, this isn't. You don't go home. He goes, he goes, basically, we stick your ass in an ambulance and we send you across Peachtree Dunwoody from, because uh, Northside Hospital doesn't do heart surgery. They send you over to St. Joe's. And by the way, uh, for those uh, people listening, um, this was a $2,400 ambulance ride to go across Peachtree Dunwoody. I'm guessing it's a mile, one, 132nd of a mile. I'm not actually sure. Uh, at they, three in the afternoon, and they wouldn't let you refuse the ambulance. You're not like, listen, I got it, I got it, here. I this can... was a non-negotiable situation. This was a you're getting the ambulance. I'm like, I'm like, my wife could have. I, I mean, all that was done to that point was I was on that Versed. They could have said wait an hour and walk across the street. Right. Yeah. Um, or that my wife could have driven me, or I could have taken an Uber for six bucks. Um, but because of I guess the liability, he showed me my little. So what they do is they also they give you a little printout of your heart. Um, it's not your actual heart. It's like a drawing of a heart. And they say, here's the blockage, here's the blockage, here's the blockage. And I'll show you after. It's pretty impressive. There are three, there's actually four 90% blockages in my heart that they showed me. He's like, you got five minutes to live. Yeah, Trust basically, me, they're, like, the ambulance. They're, they're like, you're such a liability that we're surprised you're not dead yet. I mean, that's what the, the amazing thing of this was. So they're like, you're, you're, you're like a walking case of how are you even alive? Um, so they sent me over to St. Joe's. And uh, I'm sure the cardiologists of St. Joe's were like fighting over, or not the cardiologists, the heart surgeons were like, a 48-year-old dude's coming in here for surgery? I want him. You know, because, you know, the life expectancy of someone who's older that has heart surgery, uh, you know, obviously it, it diminishes the older you are. It's, it's, I mean, it's pretty, pretty heavy-duty surgery. I mean, they literally crack open your, they saw through your sternum, crack open your chest, stop your heart, do all the replumbing. Start your heart back again, and then sew you back up, and then wire your chest shut, and you know, have a nice day. Let's see how long you can stay in the hospital. <laughs> so I had the surgery the next day. So February 26th, I mean, and again, this whole thing started February 1st. So right. February 26th, I'm having open heart surgery, without any expectation of, you know, well, I don't know. I mean, to see the blockages, see the number of blockages, I'm like, wow, I really can take a symptom and rationalize it the completely wrong way. I thought I was out of shape. I thought I was, you know, a shortest of breath. I thought I was, uh, 
you know, me walking from your street to your house, I'd be, uh, I, I'd be like winded. And then after a while, you realize like that's not normal. You know, I had the surgery um, about a year ago. I had broken some ribs, and that was actually people said how hard, how bad was the heart surgery? And it actually wasn't that bad. Um, the breaking ribs was way worse because when you break your ribs, everything that you do inside your chest cavity, you feel it. And it's not a doctor breaking your ribs. It's, it's, you know, it's the side of a boat breaking your ribs. Yeah, there you go. Right. And so it was way more painful. Uh, now, the, now, the recuperation was just stressful because, you know, the, when you first um, get out of the surgery and you go to walk about a quarter mile down the street um, – to kind of get your heart going again, you like realize like you can't even walk. I mean, you can't, you have no energy whatsoever. And so the hardest thing for me was to slowly pace it so that I could you know, get back to be doing normal activities again. Sitting and, in front of a computer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and it's hard for me because I'm, I'm like you guys, I'm such, I'm such an extrovert that for me to be, it wasn't, you know, I took five weeks off of work. And for me not to work is, you know, yeah, I, I obviously miss the money because I don't get paid if I, unless I'm fixing your your computer. Or uh, luckily, the store um, Soho Office 2090 Dunwoody Club. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, the it was sto- a good time for purchasing that, really. <laughs> yeah. if you're, at least it's making some money. Absolutely. Yeah, so the store was uh, was able to function completely without me being there. Um, but the uh, the hardest thing for me was not being in front of people and talking to them. And uh, when you're an extrovert, you, I mean, you thrive on that energy, right? Right. And so, uh, like, my wife's an introvert. She'd be like, five weeks, I don't have to talk to anybody? This, is, this is fantastic. Yeah. So, um, and so it's been 14 weeks now, I think, since the surgery. Um, it's not perfect. I've had uh, one bad day of what's called angina, which is just random heart pain. And you kind of don't know what is causing it and you hope you're like you're like is this a heart attack is this not a heart attack you know is this something and they say you know as your heart rebuilds itself you're, you're ready for it yeah. you're gonna feel it or you know some days are gonna be a lot better than others um like that day i couldn't even breathe and i think that i'm not sure if it was really even angina because i had it again this weekend um we went on a trip out of town and i put some extra exertion on my rib cage and my rib cage i think just couldn't handle the the stress and so the next day, I was like, I couldn't even get out of bed. I was like, this is, and I couldn't breathe because it was putting pressure on organs and stuff. But I mean, that's life, you know. And people are like, wow, you know, you could have died. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think about it that way. I mean, I don't think about like cheating death or anything like that. I mean, it was, it was just something that you had to deal with, and now it's over. And like, there was so many when it was happening when they were saying when I went from the, the cath lab to the to get the surgery the surgery to rehab i mean it's, it was happening so quick there was no like reaction time to well, be like that, oh my god yeah that's why i want to slow down a little bit there so like on the 25th to the 26th or so i mean it must have been kind of a horrible night where you're like well gosh here's all the passwords babe you know like right i mean did you do that or or, or? um we there were some uh, some moments of reflection Okay. Um, I mean, heart surgery is is a pretty common surgery now. I mean, it's 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 definitely a big deal, but it's a pretty common surgery that you know, yeah, it can go south. But you know, driving from here back to my store can go south. I mean, you don't, you, you know, I try not to look at things in that perspective of, you know, what my what what you don't want to do is start reading online at you know WebMD and stuff oh, like yeah, that, that's the and worst. not even WebMD. You start looking at other things about health, and they're like, you read some blog that says the average lifespan of somebody who has open heart surgery is twelve good years. And then I started, I'm like, 12 good years? My wife's like, yeah, because the average patient's probably like 80. Right, yeah. You know, and they were going to have 12 good years anyway. Yeah. You know, so, or they were going to have 10 years, and now they have 12. 
So you can't you can't look at it in that perspective. I mean, I, I definitely feel like one of the younger ones that didn't have a you know. There's obviously people that are younger than me that have a heart surgery, but usually they have some um, con, uh, some def- heart defect that they're fixing. Like they were they kept looking at my 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 blockages and like, dude, you've never met a bacon double cheeseburger you didn't want to eat, did <laughs> yeah. you? And I'm like, well, yeah, not really. And they're like, you know, you should have been. And it's really, I mean, it's it. I don't want to say it's it was preventable, but when you have a family history of something, that means you have a family history of something, right? There's nothing. There's a lot that you can do to help make it not such a big deal. But if you ignore it, that family history is probably going to get you. And so, what I should have been doing over the past, you know, five to ten years, or however many years that I hadn't been to a primary care guy, gone to one, at least get a baseline for cholesterol, and they could have like been like giving me some warnings, like, hey, you know, you may want to skip the blue cheese with the whatever, and um, and so they, um, I didn't do that, you know, and it's so it's partially partially my fault, and then you know they the the heart surgeon, so I go back. This is funny. So a, a month after my surgery. Um, I, I, I've, I've changed my diet, you know, I'm trying to eat more vegetables, more chicken, more stuff. I mean, I'm trying not to eat the Dagwood's pizza and the, and the, um, you know, the really bad, you know, the 16 ounce steaks. And, uh, I go to my primary, the, not the primary care. I went to the heart surgeon and I said, Hey, um, you know, he wanted to give, uh, he just want to look at my chest, look at the incision, make sure he goes, Oh, you look great. He goes, but you, you should go get yourself some steak. What? And I was like, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, go get yourself a piece of steak. I'm like, okay, I mean, I'm with you, but why? And he goes, you look anemic. He goes, he goes, you probably should get a little red meat in your system, get some iron in your system. And I said, aren't you supposed to tell me to eat like kale and broccoli and like that? Yeah, I think I've been doing a good job, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and he goes, he goes, listen, you're in recovery mode. He said, what happened to you was mostly genetic. So even if you had the kale and broccoli, you know, who knows, you could have, your, your cholesterol might have not cleaned itself out like it should or wouldn't have built, you know, who knows, right? And so, um, and so I did. I had a steak, you know, listening to doctor's orders, I had a steak. Straight to Del Frisco's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it a good steak? Uh, it was. We were, uh, we were uh, up in uh, Winston-Salem and there was a, a place called like, it was like Village Tavern and, had, and it was just, it was a piece of filet, filet mignon, and it was cooked perfectly yeah if you're gonna go go big right well (laughs) even if i'm even if it wasn't cooked perfectly i hadn't had one in so long i was like this is the best steak i could ever i mean it could have been the worst steak he hadn't had a steak in 20 years until a couple weeks ago yeah that's true yeah oh was it awesome oh it was was great amazing uh here's a little life hack for you if you go and you give blood they'll they'll tell you what your cholesterol is so if you don't feel like going into the doctors or you can just go to a doctor it's 30 dollars yeah or you can go to like a an any lab argue with the man (laughs) but but you can go give blood every three months if you really want to check in on it just regularly actually i think you can go like maybe every two months and then you can really kind of like chart it out and um so that uh that place right across from city hall will do it for you Oh, the um, life south or life life blood or something. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, So uh, and then and then you had a. So I found out about this because of your newsletter. Yeah, tell the newsletter story. Actually, I don't think I want you to tell the newsletter. No, you just you just wrote an incredibly passionate, you know, detailed account of what had happened. The right. um, Well, I you know in my my. You know, I'm a, as an extrovert, I'm like, I want to keep people in the loop about what's going on with me and stuff like that. And I, you know, I have uh, with the computer repair stuff, I have about 1,700 clients. And, you know, a lot of them I've known for the 15 years that I've been doing this type of work here in Dunwoody. 
And so I wanted to keep them in the loop and say, okay, here's the situation. This is what happened to me. I'm not dead, but I may not return your call for a couple weeks. Um, you may need to call another company, and I recommended another company during my during my absence. And I just wanted to make them aware that you know you got to prioritize, right? You have to, you know, I you know I love my customers, but I love my family more, and I want to make sure that you know, you know, I can't help you with computers if I'm dead. And I can't help you unless I recuperate properly. And so I, I had to reprioritize a little bit about what's important in my life. And it's always good to take a step back and kind of refocus. And um, so I sent out two emails to my customers, one saying, hey, here's what happened. And uh, and I got 250 responses. Which I was, was one of those, yeah. yeah oh, which good. was awesome. Okay. Well, I didn't hear that part of the story. Yeah. So I got, I got about 250 responses saying, uh, saying great. And then, you know, wish you luck and everything. I had people stop by the house. I had cards sent in the... I mean, people don't know where I live. I live in Dunwoody, and but yet people people tracked me down, which is cool, which is great. So I got a ton of, of, of get well letters. I had people send me food. I had people stop by with food. I got random gifts from Amazon. I mean, it was, it was, it was fantastic. My wife's like, you're just in one big ego trip, aren't you? <laughs> and I'm like, it feels good to be wanted. Yeah. Uh, and needed. Um, and then um, a couple of weeks later, I sent out another one saying, hey, I'm back to work. I mean, and there's people that I guess hadn't read that because I get these calls saying, I know you're not working anymore. <laughs> you know, can you recommend? I'm like, what are you talking about? But uh, so I sent those out and then I, I, I combined them into one for uh, for someone to put in their newsletter. And I called it a article. I was trying to think of a, of a neat name for it. Um, where I kind of summarized everything. And really, the, the point of uh, the, another, another reason why I did it was, you know, I am, I don't want to say the average age of a whole group in, in the Dunwoody area. I'm maybe a, I'm, I'm maybe a little bit older than, than one set, but I'm, and I'm 30 years younger than the other set. Um, there's a lot of people that responded and said, I need to get my husband to go to the doctor, or I need to go to the doctor. You know, Those are the best don't, responses. Don't ignore symptoms is, is, the, is kind of the moral. I mean, you don't, if you don't know, if something's not going away and it doesn't feel normal, it probably isn't. And if you go to a doctor, if you don't like the doctor, go to a different doctor. You know, don't doctor shop looking for the right, the answer that you're going to, that you think the situation, let them be doctors, right? Let them do the test and figure out what's going on. And and I'm glad that uh, I was able to go down that route because otherwise I might not be sitting here before you. Um, but uh but yeah, as part of the newsletter. Though. Yeah, yeah. The se- so the second newsletter, you, you had some line in there. It was like, and thanks to the seven people that unsubscribed, this is following up your your very passionate first one. <laughs> I guess they just gave up on you. you know? Yeah, I know. It's like that's what cracked me up. I was like, uh, so you know, I, I use uh, I use uh, Mailchimp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to send out my emails, and so Mailchimp does a fantastic job of of tracking. You know, or they try to track. I guess some 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 ways don't show that an email's actually been open or not open or whatever. But they also keep track of who unsubscribes. And the first email I sent out, you know, there were a couple bounces of people that don't have those email addresses. And I think I got one person unsubscribing and it was a business that I don't even know why they were in my list. And but the second one, I had like seven people unsubscribe. And I'm like, I'm like, were you wishing that I died? I mean, we're, we're you tired know. of hearing from me, so I'll just go away. Yeah. Oh, he's just going on and on about this. We're all done. <laughs> I'm like my computer's fine. Yeah, I'll never need him. So, you know, we're gonna send over a steak just in case. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But it is good when people reach out and they say what you said actually made me go to the doctor because with the melanoma, I mean, I 
tell everybody about it. And every once in a while, somebody's like, I did go to the doctor and nothing was wrong. And that's a good answer too, you know? That's great. I mean, I would have loved to stop at, here, Adam, here's your two stents that we put in and you can go home and you had a bad day. And I don't know. Your story wouldn't be as touching that way. It wouldn't. I don't know if I'd learn anything from it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I hear still be eating the same thing. Yeah, yeah, because it's such a, it's such, it's. I don't want to say it's a simple procedure, but it's way different than heart surgery. Right. And um, you know, I think I needed this wake up call. And since the surgery, I've lost almost 13 pounds of just because then you start realizing like every meal you eat like garbage, right? Like up until that point, like I, um, whenever my employees hit a certain sales number, I take them out for lunch the next day over at the over at the over at the Soho. And um, so today they wanted Zaxby's. So we drove up to Holcomb Bridge and went to Zaxby's. And normally at Zaxby's, I'd get like the, gr- I mean, the fried chicken sandwich with the, you know, probably. Chicken chicken. Oh, yeah. With the with the French fries and the, I'd probably have dipping sauce of blue cheese. I mean, it would be a, a, a horror show. And this time it was a grilled chicken salad with, um, r- you know, rolled in um, uh, medium wing sauce. And you gotta toss the croutons off to the side. You can't. Even have I can't. Those. I can't do everything. Oh, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I got. I got to break the rules a little bit. But you know, it is. It's a good point. It's. It's every. Every meal is really sort of a decision. You know. And right. You have to. And you can't. I mean, it's. I. I so grew up as a live to eat instead of an eat to live kind of person, mm-hmm. and that's the hardest thing to to change. And I. So I, even though I'm still a, a live to eat kind of guy, I have to. Think about it in terms of every meal is not going to be my last. Well, I, I, it almost could be, but, <laughs> but every meal that I have, like like if I go to Del Frisco or if I go to you know another restaurant like that, a real nice restaurant, I can't eat as if you know it's the last. You know, I'm the last person on earth. Um, I have to, and so we went the, we went out of town, went to Vegas this weekend, and um, we went to this place called SK Steakhouse, and it's you know Vegas is full of these ridiculously overpriced restaurants with these you know chunk you know. The meal sizes are enormous and everything it's like, like four that. Four people, yeah. Yeah, and so I had like a six ounce fillet off the kids menu. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that was still sixty one bucks. <laughs> that would put other restaurants to shame. Um, and they told us it's funny. So they told us several times that because um, we ate outside, it was lunchtime, and they said they said your steak's gonna look brown. It doesn't mean it's, it was cooked incorrectly or that it's not you know that it's not good food. It's just the light hitting it. You know, they told us so many times I started going, well, the first time I believed you, the second time you <laughs> yeah. told me, I'm thinking, is this kangaroo? I'm yeah. like, what did you do with the steak? But then it was like, you know, it was like the big side. So like there was like the side of the potatoes and the sides of the, you know, and I'm like tracking down. I'm like, okay, where's the side of broccoli? Because that's yeah. the one I can have, you know, and the side of maybe the mushrooms, but the mushrooms were sauteed. And I'm like, I really shouldn't have, you know, it's, so then you start, and then I'm going to skip dessert. You know, it's like, you start thinking about that. And uh, it makes going, and you know, in my job, I'm usually rushing from one one location to another, kind of like you guys, I bet. And so you don't have time to sit down and have a decent meal. You basically are going through drive through and you're like, well, you know, where am I going to eat? You know, maybe today I'll have a chicken sandwich from Village Burger or, a, uh, or something from Farm Burger or Taqueria or something like that. But a lot of the time I see myself thinking in terms of, you know, maybe I'll get that Big Mac. Yeah. Or maybe I'll get those fries. How and quick just... can I get out of there? Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's why I'm doing Chick-fil-A, what, five times a week probably. Because <laughs> I feel like it's like the you know the lesser of the evils of the fast food. Yeah, I mean, change. and I love Chick-fil-A fries. I love Zaxby fries. Those are the hardest ones to give up. Mm-hmm. Today I had like two French fries. I had, I had to have them because I was like, hey, I drove all this way. The least I can have is a French fry or two. But yeah. see, I think that's okay too. It, it, you give yourself two of them. You don't give yourself an entire, exactly. you know. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. 
Because usually after you eat that stuff, you're like you you almost have a thought like, well, I could have, I could have lived without them. Right. It's just that whole you get. Ex- I, it was interesting, and I don't know if this is a side a side product of before this is before the surgery. Food wasn't tasting as good to me. Hmm. And I started reading, you know, is this a symptom of, because if you're always thinking you're getting indigestion from food, your brain says, well, you probably shouldn't eat it. It's not going to taste right to you. And so I don't know if there was some weird brain thing going on there that was telling me, hey, you probably shouldn't be eating that. The computer behind the whole machine was like, wait a minute, hold on. We got to self-correct it somehow. Make it so that doesn't taste good. (laughs) So I get to to go tomorrow to my cardiologist for my three-month three month follow up from the last visit with him and he gets to take my cholesterol and um, because uh, uh, all my all my medical stuff through the end of the year is going to be free now yeah. Yeah. so i might as well save the 30 dollars of going to a, a life uh, lifeblood place and just go to the cardiologist hey on and a I was, health spending spree right well i talked to my wife and said well it's kind of done no wait yeah. lifeblood is fr- life south or whatever that life place south. is, life it, south. is, is uh, yeah it's free you're you're doing them a favor by giving them your blood and they're selling oh, it off yeah, to yeah, somebody they're doing else it because they're doing it for the they're like a american red cross right, competitor right. Kind of oh thing. they are just straight pure profit yeah. I, I mean if i go in there and i give them platelets or something like that i can feel good about it but they're going to go sell that for 500 600 dollars and they'll tell you that too <laughs> but but still i mean you know it's a, people need blood so so, but you're feeling good now. I mean, other than last weekend, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> other than other than other than Vegas of walking too much and you know flying four hours to in the, in the middle into the middle of a desert where you think Atlanta's hot, and then you get to Vegas, it's 106 degrees with zero humidity. And uh, I mean, you see a cloud off in the distance. You see the rain like coming in in this one little spot, and that's it. The rest of it's completely dry. But uh, yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, other than other than that, and a couple weeks ago, I feel great. Um, and uh, more energetic than I had in a long time. So now I'm doing something called cardiac rehab. And cardiac rehab is the part of the, uh, the heart rehab that about 20% of the people do. And it's basically you go to the hospital and you work out. Oh, cool. And you think, wow, that, how, how hard is that? Well, um, they hook you up to a, you have to hook up to a monitor while they're working out. And they have a nurse sitting behind a little station. And she's basically making sure that you're not going to die as you're working out. And there's a doctor across the hall. So if something does happen, and I talked to the people that had been to cardiac rehab, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we, I saw this dude totally like fall out on a treadmill, and uh, and and had to, and another person they had to take it from ambulance to get surgery or to the hospital or something." I'm like, oh. "So uh, based on your it's, insurance, it's like having a spotter at the gym. It is totally, it's totally <laughs> a having doctor a, having, runs a, in. having a medical spotter instead of a CrossFit sc- spotter. The doctor walks out, he's like, "Just keep an eye on that guy yeah. right there." Yeah, who, who's number three? <laughs> okay, number three. Oh, that's that dude over there. I could have told you that. It'd be a real step down you gotta get about crunch fitness yeah. in 13 more visits <laughs> exactly you just tell somebody at the front hey can you keep an eye on me over yeah, there yeah yeah if anything exactly. happens here's a card of uh, the doctor I'm, that should be watching me i'm gonna go to the j um which is near my house and feel like oh, there'll be a doctor there yeah, that's i'm right. sure yeah if i'm gonna if You'll i'm gonna be working choose, out with three of them if i'm gonna choose a hospital if i'm gonna choose a, a facility where um uh, there's gonna be a doctor in the next room the odds are pretty good that it's the the mc except it'll be dr brett friedman orthodontist <laughs> Get your teeth straight. Hey, he had some basic training in. Uh, in, in, yeah. in come on, every doctor's had somebody fall out on the table. I'm sure yeah. he's like, "What do I do now?" Somebody called 911. <laughs> we'll get him in here to ask him what he would do. <laughs> well, I mean, we're glad we're, you're still with us, yeah. Adam. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice to have you on a second time. Get get all the plugs in. I've actually lost two competitors in the past three years of heart. Of heart attacks, it's the yeah. widowmaker fixing up PCs, man, and it's well, stressful it's, too. It's yeah, and we're not we're not known to be the most uh, athletic folk. We're not known known to be you know I, I don't smoke. I haven't had a cigarette in twenty something years. 
Um, but we, you know, we're, we're not known for our, you know, healthy lifestyle. And so for me to survive, I mean, I never had a heart attack, which is the best part. And that's the, that's, that's the lucky part. So you just had everything else go wrong with your yeah, heart. Pretty much. I, went, yeah. I, went, I went sideways in an entirely different way. <laughs> the heart attack would have been easier. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, p- plug all your stuff. Okay. So, uh, if you need, um, printing or shipping or business services in the Dunwoody Sandy Springs, uh, area, um, Soho office at Orchard Park is a fantastic place to go. We've been there for over 15 years and we can do everything from business cards, signs, banners, magnets, anything that you might need that's printable. Uh, we are an authorized UPS, FedEx, and post office uh, drop-off and pickup location. We Where have, is Orchard Park? Orchard Park is Jet Ferry and, and Dominey Club. We're, we're three doors to the left of the Kroger. Uh, you have Kroger, then Subway, then Lauderhill Jewelry, and then us. And then if you make it around the corner, you have beautiful Los Rancheros over there. There you go. I think that's your marker for telling people where you're Los at. Los Rancheros. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, so at Los Rancheros, if they're too busy on a Wednesday afternoon, come on over to Soho office and take a look at what we can offer for you. Uh, and then we do uh, we have 300 mailboxes, so you can get a, a suite numbered mailbox that you can have UPS, FedEx, and post office delivered to without complaints. We sign for your packages. We send you texts and emails when you receive them so you don't have wasted trips to come on over. And then we do business services like laminating and shredding, and we have a notary on staff, and we can do all that stuff for you. And we are independently owned and operated. We are not a franchise. And if you see a service that we do not offer and you're like, hey, that would be cool if you guys could offer that, I would love to hear about it. And the other thing that I do is I have owned and operated Dunwoody PC uh, for the last 15 years, and I am the only... At your at your residence, computer repair guy, don't pick up everything and bring it to wherever. They're not going to be able to help you. I've been doing this as a career, and I have uh, plenty of customers and references and would love to help you out with Dunwoody PC. And you're alive. You're, you're still living. I am still living. And I'm still alive to do this. I have not sold my business to anybody. My wife's, the estate of Adam Friedman has not sold this business to anyone else, the customer base. I am still willing to help out. I am still making house calls. And um, I am uh, more than happy to, uh, to take on a few new uh, projects in regards to that. Cool. Well, thanks for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Mm-hmm.